0: Ladies and gentlemen, now, It's Too Late with Alan Mosley.
1: Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night, is Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, how are you doing?
0: I'm great, darlings. How are you?
1: What did you, uh, what'd you do last week?
0: Uh, I went rafting, uh, tubing with my daughter on the Little Pigeon River and had an old high school friend and his wife come up and stay and I just had a great time.
1: Yeah, great time. Well, the correct answer was we didn't do a show last week and so you were over you were stricken with grief. Right.
0: <laughs> That's Jeez. why I had all that freedom. <laughs> I'm
1: so I'm just so happy to know that with us taking going on a one week hiatus, you 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 moved on. I mean no. <laughs> I do want to say really quickly though, before we get the rest of the monologue kicked off, that we did have a, a very short notice move, and we've got the we moved to a new location, got the whole studio reset up, and I want to thank everybody that played uh, any role, big or small, in helping us make that move happen. Not just make the move happen, make the move happen kind of quick. Um, and so, thank you. And I tell you what, by the way, if you wanna if you wanna make the Altus mad on the internet, you just take one week off from your show. You take one week off from your show, and then your inbox just gets flooded with, hey, you didn't do a show last week. Are you, you going to do extra memes this week? Because you didn't do a meme last week. There was no meme of the week. You didn't do a show. So are you going to do more memes this week to make up for last week?
0: Just waiting on the memes.
1: So first of all, yes. <laughs> that, that, so I feel like that makes us square then, right? Like there, right. Was, there was all of your work and, con- and contributions to help the move. Mm-hmm. And in exchange, you'll get, um, I, th- I think, two extra memes.
0: Wow. I, I can't believe you're capitulating to the mob like this. <laughs> so unlike you.
1: I thought you were saying, wow, like, oh, wow, two memes. Boy, <laughs> let, just let just, them oh, eat wow. cake. <laughs> <When>
0: Alan's <laughs> doing something people want. Jeez. I'll
1: tell, you, I'll tell you what I did do this past weekend, though, while we were uh, getting, getting settled in and all that. Is that well? So first of all, I was I was I was mostly just fighting other hobos on the street for a wheel of cheese. That's what I was really <laughs> doing last week. But but once we got moved into the new place, um, I, I watched the UFC fights this last weekend, and everybody was talking about the main event between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor, and and McGregor suffered this this gruesome leg break, and it's terrible to look at, and blah 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 blah. Um, but there was actually another gruesome injury that was right there, live on TV for everybody to see. That not everyone was talking about. So take a look at this right here. This was the fighter Jessica I. Oh. I is a good name for her because she's growing yeah. a third one. Aye. 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 <laughs> and it's her forehead split that wide open, and it like Ooh. it. It kind of looks like there's like a little lip, like a little, a little lit tongue.
0: Tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And,
1: as soon as I saw that image, I immediately thought myself, just typical woman. <laughs> like, leave, leave it up to women that you, you slap them around a little bit to try, to try to help them understand their place. And what do they do? They grow an extra mouth.
0: <laughs> Hashtag misogyny. <It's> just,
1: <laughs> speaking of misogyny, like, I, so I, got, I have a confession to make on that, on that token. Um, I really don't like the women's fights. No. I don't, and it's and it's not just because they're not as, like, not as skilled and high level as the men's fights, which they're totally not. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I really just don't enjoy watching that. I don't enjoy watching the women's fights. Right. And the thing is, is that, like, this is, it's, just, culture just moves so fast, I guess. Like, this is, this is, this is Alan's boomer segment this week. Is <laughs> that not even just a few years ago, if you had gone... Out in the world, if you'd gone on Reddit or whatever, and you had said, you know, I don't really like to watch the women's fights. I'm right. not saying that they shouldn't have women's divisions or that if women want to fight, they shouldn't be allowed to. I'm not saying any of that. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't I don't personally like to watch the women's fights. Yep. Not even a few years ago, that would have been like, okay, you know, whatever. I get I I get it. That's cool. But not Lesbians today. aren't for everybody. Lesbians aren't for everybody. <laughs> I mean, they got they got to be lesbians though, because you know, like I mean, the more attractive with bigger tits the female fighter is, the far yeah. less successful of a female fighter she is.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: It just is, but I, I'm getting you're you're sidetracking me here. <laughs> you're, you're, but the point being is, is that nowadays, if you go to those same forums and you say, you know, I don't really like the women's fights. Just here comes like you could just if you put your ear to the ground, you can actually hear the hooves of all the war horses of all the white knights, all the white knights riding in to protect these ugly lesbians. And and they're saying, well, you you couldn't do what they do. Right. They're they're all so stunning and brave. And it's just right. and it's and, and again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't like be allowed to fight. Right. I'm saying I don't like to watch the fights.
0: You can't have that preference anymore. Sorry.
1: Like, like I don't like to watch baseball. I don't think that baseball should be abolished.
0: <laughs> hashtag <laughs> just, abolish baseball now.
1: That's, that's what we're going to do. That's what, that's what tonight's show is going to be, is hashtag abolish baseball now. <laughs> so, so speaking of something that should be abolished, another thing that we missed last week, this was in our show notes and we just didn't get a chance to do the episode. I was looking on Twitter and I saw that Stalin was trending on Twitter. Wow. And me being me, because I, I guess this is just a personal failing of mine. I was like, okay, I got to click on it. I got I gotta to know wreck. why. got to look. Why is Stalin... Yes, it's a train wreck. You got to look. And so it was this professor right here. Check out this guy. There was a p- tweet by this professor from San Francisco named Dr. Asatar Bayer, which from now on, he's going to be known as Dr. Asper on this program.
0: Dr. Asper.
1: <laughs> so Dr. Asper says... People say I idolize Stalin. Not true. I hold a fair and balanced view. The man was neither savior nor saint, but he was, at once, a very successful revolutionary, a great contributor to Marxist theory, and said to be a great listener and collaborator during discussions. And then there are his successes as a leader. First, the foresight to fear a belligerent German fascism. Then the tactical ability to successfully defeat the world's greatest invading army, combined with the strength to make tough decisions that have no easy answers. I simply think one should read everything the man wrote and then make up your own mind. I would certainly conclude that he is one of the great leaders of the 20th century. Good Lord. Yeah, I mean, it begs the question in my mind of how many millions of people do you have to murder before you're sort of disqualified from the conversation?
0: Exactly. I guess not enough. 60 million is not enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 50 million, 60 million, whatever. Yeah, it it wasn't enough. And of course, thankfully, because the internet is lovely, there was people on the internet posting responses like this right here who said, "Uh, sounds like communist propaganda, but okay. Yeah, I know. That's one of my favorite graphics. <laughs> it's Great. It's just so. So you had made the point off air that I thought was a really good point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that that you can you can clearly see the idolatry and the partisan, partisan hackery that's involved in conversations like this, yeah. because the same people who are saying, you know what, let's give Stalin a fair shake.
0: <laughs> those
1: same people if you said well let's let's have a look at thomas jefferson right principles of 98 kentucky virginia and kentucky resolutions declaration of independence president of the united states founding father um you know is is someone who has actually worked to end the slave trade now he wasn't right. able to end or read the institution but he ended the north atlantic slave trade
0: mm-hmm.
1: but none of that's good enough because he owned slaves and therefore he should be erased from human history.
0: Right. You can't appreciate anything about him, but you know, Stalin.
1: There's, there, there's nothing, there's no redeeming qualities about Thomas Jefferson because he owned slaves at any point in his life. Therefore, none of his contributions to politics, education, any ideology, anything, it's all trash because he owned slaves. Right. But with someone like Joseph Stalin, of course, who murdered 50 million people.
0: hmm
1: You know what? Let's have a fair and balanced view. Right. <laughs> I swear to God. Listener, <laughs> he was a good
0: listener, you guys.
1: He was a good listener. I've heard. I've heard that. I've heard he was right. a good listener in conversations. <laughs> but, but, you know, like me being a history guy, I just can't help but take exception with every single inch of those tweets because I'm thinking, like, I'm not saying that the Blitzkrieg wasn't a terrible invading army, but, you know... People in Eastern Europe and Asia also remember there was these people called the Huns and the Mongols. Yep. And for their time, for the technology available for, for the population centers as they existed, those were some pretty terrible invading armies to have. Uh, yeah. Um, But that being neither here nor there. Last thing I want to touch on before we take our first commercial break, I saw... Because I, I didn't have I didn't have access to the internet for a little while. And then I check my messages and I see all these memes and all these people talking about these warnings that people were getting on Facebook about extremism. Take take a look at this right here. So this is what the warnings look like. They they say, Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? <laughs> we care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. How you can help. Or You may, you may, you may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently, violent groups trying to manipulate your anger and disappointment, which by the way, that's a really loaded statement. Your anger and disappointment, you, yeah. you could take action now. It's like, I, so guys, I did this. I combed through, I, I, I was, I got on my laptop. I was looking at my phone. I was going through. I didn't get any of those notifications. Yeah, me neither. I didn't even know that they were. I thought it was a joke at first. I didn't think they were real. I thought it was just like people were making memes until I saw so many people posting these screenshots, and it it, it immediately made me think of the Obi Wan Kenobi from A New Hope. Of of course, I know the extremist. He's me. Right. (laughs) That's right. So I I apologize, everyone, for exposing myself to you. Oh, but um, I mean, them hobos are doing
0: for money these days. (laughs)
1: I mean, I tell you what, some of those guys, they're biters, (laughs) they're biters, um, guys, we have a great show for you. We're going to be back with the meme of the week and the viewer mail right after this break. Don't go away. Hey, hey, Sherry.
0: Yes? What time is it? Meme of the week.
1: My daughter tells me you make memes. Yes, sir. And I just got my extremist badge. Hey, (laughs) don't pull out tonight. Look at the look on his face. Don't pull it back. You can't pull it back up now. You killed it. But the the look on his face. Oh, my God. So, so yes, for the people who sent in the questions... (laughs) Are you gonna Are you gonna do extra memes because we missed last week? Okay, I got you too. Starting with number one. Stalin says, "Is it something necessary?" No. Food. <laughs> look at the Look at the eyes of the black guy on the Guess Who.
0: <laughs> He's like uh, something wrong over there.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what goes, guys. If you're listening to the podcast and you're not watching the show, you're missing everything. You're yep. missing everything if you don't watch the show. Totally. <laughs> and finally, I promised you two extras. We're going to do two extras. Speaking of the UFC, there's this. So how long has your husband been a cop? Oh, oh shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look at those black eyes.
1: I feel bad. So, so, we, just, so we just dumped all of our, our meme repository. That's it. We're out. We're out of memes <sighs> for the time being. Get done. But uh, let's, uh, let's answer some viewer mail. All right. No. Good night. So we actually have we have viewer mail from last week and this week. We're going to try our best to go through all of them, but we're we're you know how it is. We're already over time, which means we're going to do them all. Right. Um, Eric Eli writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, do you soak your nuts? Uh, If so, how long do you soak your nuts, and in what do you soak your nuts?" Um. Well, see, that's the thing is that, you know, I, I do soak my nuts, but the real question is, is, is that when it, when it's time to dry them off, do you, do you actually, do you actually get in there and pat them down or do you, do you do what God intended and you let your nuts dry in the sun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you are. Um, I, I don't know if that really answered your question so much as acknowledged that it was a question. Exactly. <laughs> um, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, do entomologists bug you? Are you cicada crap they spew? Are you cicada? He's wrote cicada, but it's supposed to be cicada crap they spew. Cicada How crap. does your aunt feel about them? So I swear to God, do we not do this every single week where right. I I tell that you can't do a pun that requires visual aids to do right. the pun? Because... Yeah. We ain't got time for that. Yeah, it's a miracle we even get through this show as it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <clears throat> all right. So, Lyle Dario writes. Dear Alan and Sherry, is bowling making a comeback? Um, what was the last time you went bowling, Sherry?
0: Um, I actually went bowling on two dates recently. So,
1: so it is making a
0: comeback. Well, we're old and don't know what else to do. That's all. <laughs>
1: So, I tell you what, this is something you might not know about me. When when I was a wee lad, I was a two-time champion bowler.
0: Ooh. Where at?
1: In Middle Tennessee, right here. <laughs> I, won, I won back-to-back uh, league titles. Wow. And, then, you know, and you know what I did on the heels of my back-to-back championship victories? No. I quit bowling and never did it again.
0: Right. Well, you end on a high note. Because that's... <laughs>
1: Yeah, when I was like 14, I thought, look, this is only going to go downhill from here, guys. (laughs) Done. Never bowled again.
0: You're not going to be a pro bowler, so
1: might as well. Well, so says you. You know what? Just because you said that, I'm going (laughs) to. I'm (laughs) going to be a pro bowler. You do it. (laughs) Tell me what to do. Uh, Jonathan Carranza writes, dear Alan and Sherry. Do you watch Doctor Who? And if you do, who is your favorite doctor? So I don't watch Doctor Who because I feel like it's one of those things where at this point, there's two problems. The first problem is, is that at this point, I'm not getting into it. Like, I'm not going to go back and watch season one of Doctor Who and work my way up. That's, that's number one. content um and number two i've heard from other people who are into that sort of thing that the same thing that's happened to everything in pop culture has happened to doctor who where they've just they've just fucking ruined it yeah it's it's become like they've retconned a bunch of the former stuff in the show and now they're now it's all women now
0: yeah my favorite doctor who is the one from the 70 i forget his name with the long scarf that was that was capaldi
1: huh Peter Capaldi.
0: That could, that that sounds right. I used to it's, sneak up and watch Doctor Who on PBS on the weekends.
1: It's amazing how I've literally never seen the show, but I know that. <laughs> and you're trying to tell us about the show and you didn't know that.
0: I thought his name was Tom something,
1: but. Tom Bombadil. That's right. That's who it is. Um, <laughs> Marilyn Willimowski writes. I swear, so, so like the, the two nerds who watched the show were like, yeah, I get that. Everyone right. else is like, "What the hell's happening right now?" Uh, Marilyn Wilimowski writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, what do you put on your corn on the cob?" I actually don't really eat corn on the cob.
0: Yeah, I, I don't anymore. But when I do, when I have, it's always butter, salt, and pepper. Sometimes I'll do seasoned salt, but I like I like it just you know the old fashioned way.
1: Like if like if you live somewhere where you have to eat corn on the cob because like. Your your stores are not in, have haven't reached the future age where they have corn in a can on the shelf yet. Y'all haven't y'all haven't upgraded to that point yet. I and mean, I understand <laughs> that how you eat your corn on the cob is important. Right. Um. I do not. All right. Probably. I don't know if I if I was going to eat corn on the cob and I was going to put something on it. I mean, you obviously have to slather it in butter, right? Correct. I mean, how else are you going to fit that whole thing in there? Mm- um, <laughs> Celeste Annis writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, are you going to wear shorts and a Hawaiian shirt to Tom Woods' 2000th episode? So what's, So what Celeste is making mention of is Tom Woods went on some random diatribe online the other day where he was saying, like... You know, I, I know this is going to anger some of my supporters, but, but men don't wear shorts. They wear pants unless they're swimming or whatever. And I was like, cause that's what we need is an Armenian midget telling us what men do and don't do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly right. Spicy. <laughs> now, now, now. Okay, I don't. Ha- I don't even have any Hawaiian shirts, so I'm not. I'm not like willing to die on the hill of the Hawaiian shirts. But I, from people that I know who wear Hawaiian shirts, they do it because they're comfortable. Yeah. And they like them. So.
0: I, I like. I mean, look. If you, if that's what you're really all that worried about, and you want to to die on that hill, it seems a little. Boomerish? Like, I, I don't care. I just don't care.
1: I mean, Sherry, this guy's, like, supporting the LP, for God's sakes. I know. So, ah. I mean... So, he ain't a man. I I anyway, uh, Clay Davis writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, July is the final month of no football. With the season just around the corner, how likely is it that Dallas will suck again this year?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I'll tell you what, Clay. I got two answers for you. One, pretty likely. But two... They're still gonna be better than the Washington Potomac Drainage Basin indigenous persons, whatever the hell you call your team <laughs> nowadays. They're actually still going by Washington football team. Did you know that? That's actually oh, the still nice. their official name It's Washington football team. I swear to God. They should just call them the Washington Jigaboos, I think.
0: Oh God, you're gonna get us canceled.
1: No. This is what, okay, this is what they should do, because they're in Washington, right, like D.C., right? And everyone knows that only the angels congregate there to organize society for us. So New Orleans should give the name Saints to Washington, and it'll be the Washington Saints, and it'll be the New Orleans Kunases.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that idea, honestly.
1: Or the, yeah. the
0: Washington brown people.
1: So, the people who are watching the show right now that are familiar with that term, it just rolled right off of them. The people right. who are watching the show right now who are not familiar with that term are hitting, report, report, yeah, report, okay. ban, unfollow. do you call a coon ass? You motherfucker. That's, anyway, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, did Conor McGregor deserve to lose or was it a tough break?
0: Oh, shit. Now, now, now that, the there you
1: go. Yeah. Now, that was better. That was better, Andrew. So, it was a tough break, but he also deserved to lose because he was getting his bitch ass whooped.
0: Break heard around the world.
1: Shit. Um, Ryan Seifert writes, I'm glad Ryan's back.
0: Me too. I missed Ryan.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's because he was in Facebook Gulag. or he, and he wasn't in the Gulag. He was on the run from the Facebook feds for like a year. So, Ryan, I'm glad you're back. He says, have you heard any poltergeists in your new house yet? I have not heard any poltergeists in my new house yet, but I have heard angry cats fighting, which was actually quite similar to the hobos now that I, now that I think about it.
0: I'd rather hear a poltergeist, honestly.
1: <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I'd rather the poltergeist. Uh, Rachel Watson currently writes, dear Alan and Sherry. She actually wrote dear Alan in question marks. She doubted that you would be here, Sherry.
0: Rachel, I thought we were friends.
1: She did. Oh, when you moved, did you. you slip out quietly in the night like the U.S. forces from the Bagram Air Base? And what did you leave behind? Oh. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: okay, we're friends again.
1: <laughs> um, no, you, you slip in quietly. You don't slip out quietly.
0: <laughs> Only um, if they are drugged.
1: Lyle Durio writes, well, Cosby's out. <laughs> did you I see that we could out. the only reason i just want you to know this like this is this is like i'm giving so so you guys at home just, just give me a second i'm giving i'm giving sherry some producers notes live on air sherry the only reason we're not doing cosby this week is because we're we're going to do that on a show that people don't know is coming back very soon okay okay okay, okay. okay. um Marilyn Willamowski writes, does my question about corn count for this week?
0: <laughs> She's obsessed she, with some corn. She has a
1: corn emoji.
0: Everything okay at home there, Mary?
1: Yeah. Is everything okay? Let's, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Dave. We'll see what's going <laughs> That's on. That's right. <laughs> uh, Laldurio writes, dear Alan Sherry, did either of you ride in the streets now that Italy is the sports ball champion? You know what? Me and Mike Meharry did did a sports ball, and we didn't talk about soccer at all.
0: No, what a shame.
1: What a damn shame. <laughs> this is, we're so far over time right now. Jesus Christ. So we better just go ahead and finish the segment. Yeah. Uh, Jeannie Carroll writes, Dear Alan, why, just why, everything from incompetent nincompoops running the country to corrupt law enforcement to continual late deliveries from FedEx. Um, boy, you want to talk about everything being okay at home. You all right, Jeannie? <laughs> I'll tell you what.
0: her package up, I'm sure.
1: You know what? We should have done three memes. That would have fixed everything for Jeannie. Yeah. Instead of two. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Incompetence.
1: Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and Celeste Annis, to end this week. Aww. Dear Alan and Sherry, do you have bonus memes of the week to account for the hiatus? That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. It was Celeste. All that hate mail I got was Celeste.
0: Well, now Jeannie has her answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: These these, these libertarians, I swear to God. So anyway, on that note, by the way, uh, happy birthday Celeste, on that note, we're going to be back with our guest this week, Mike Meharry of the 10th Amendment Center, right after this break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at Guys, welcome back to the show. Our guest this evening is the National Communications Director of the Tenth Amendment Center, as well as the host of the Godarchy podcast, which you can find at godarchy.org right there. And also, don't forget, the Tenth Amendment Center is 10thamendmentcenter.com. I got that right, Mike. It's 10thamendmentcenter.com, godarchy.org, because altists do their websites different.
2: Oh, hello. <laughs> Mike Meharry,
1: welcome back to the show.
2: Gosh, thanks for having me. It's been a while.
1: It has been a while. I, I, I was going to ask you how things have been, but I actually know how things have been for you. They've been great because all of your sports teams keep winning.
2: I know. We, we're calling it Champa Bay down here now.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> of course, you know the lightning broke the cup.
1: I did see that. I should have gotten I should have got a picture prepared. It's it's not like it's broken in half, though, right? It's more that the cup. Now fits a football.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like the Stanley Crescent. The funny thing is, is they have to actually send it to Montreal to get repaired, which is <laughs> you who know, they beat. So that was kind of funny. Anyway, yeah, we're I, I'm I'm pretty happy about all of that. I got my Tampa Bay Bucks repping mm-hmm. repping the Brady Crew.
1: Do you think uh, Do you think when they send it to Montreal that they're going to pee in it?
2: <laughs> I think that's highly
1: likely. <laughs> highly highly likely. Yeah, you uh you you had to. Uh, hunkered down for some tough weather here recently down there in Florida, didn't you?
2: Well, yeah, we're trying to, trying to rebuild. Well, we were on the backside of the storm, so it you know, crossed over a good bit of land before it got over here. So it really was mostly a lot of rain. There were a couple of tornadoes um, that were spawned off of it, uh, one up in Georgia and one down in Jacksonville. But Over here, it was just kind of a, a dreary, rainy day with some wind.
1: You're used to crossing a lot of land on the backside, aren't you? <laughs> no. Okay, fair enough. Now, <laughs> was it an actual hurricane when it when it was like crossing over the Jacksonville area or had it already degraded, de, de deplatformed? They already deplatformed Elsa to a tropical storm by yeah, that point. Yeah, actually
2: she wasn't even a tropical storm by the time she got over to this side. So she was a hurricane for a brief minute when she was going up the Gulf Coast. And then uh, by the time she made landfall, which was up around Cedar Key – uh, if you see a map of Florida, it's like where the bend is. Uh, by the time she got there, she was a tropical storm, and and uh, she pretty quickly dropped uh, down to, a, I guess, would be a tropical depression.
1: Now, I know the difference between a, a hurricane and a tropical storm, but what's the difference between a tropical storm and a tropical depression?
2: Well, basically, it's just the, uh, the difference in wind speed. So once it drops below, I, I, I think it's 35 or 40 miles an hour. Once the sustained winds drop below that level, then it is considered a depression. Now, interesting thing is initially a depression will not be named. So it'd be just like depression number three, but once it reaches tropical storm strength, that's when they get a name.
1: That's, that must be why they call it a depression. Just, it's just unnamed like, like me. See, I always, I always thought that a tropical depression was just like the normal depression you have, but the weather's nicer outside.
2: Well, actually, it's the opposite. It's it's like when you have really bad weather, and you were you, know, you had plans like to go to the beach, and you can't because it's raining. That's a tropical depression.
1: Now, for folks at home that might not be aware of this, Mike and I used to do this little show called Sportsball. and I'm badgering Mike to start doing Sports Ball with me again. But in our in our defense, it's not that we quit doing Sports Ball because. Because we didn't we didn't enjoy doing sports ball. It's because there was no sports anymore when we quit doing That's sports true. ball. That's true. COVID kind of kind of killed
2: sports ball, and then it just never came back. I tell you what, though, uh, viewers out there, you know, if you want sports ball to come back, send me money.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, if you I was send having me money.
2: A... I guarantee you that sports ball will come back. It might come back I... anyway, but money would guarantee it.
1: I had a very similar conversation with our mutual friend, Sherry Voluntary talking about postcards from Somalia Mm -hmm. and our, and our exact feeling was, is that the content that we do now is what you get for free. Right. To do more than this, that costs money. I I feel like that's the fairest way of putting it without feeling like you're badgering the audience if that makes sense.
2: I don't have a problem with badgering your audience.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> s- speaking of badgering the audience, uh, Mike, I want you to take a look at this. So this was a thumbnail from a Path to Liberty episode that was done by Michael Bolden, the, yes. the Overlord and Chief of TAC. Mm-hmm. Uh fake second amendment sanctuaries. I, by the way, I don't I don't know who the hell that face is right That's there. Uh, funny. The the head clearly doesn't fit on the body. I don't know who made that. I thought you were the guy who made all these things. No, no, no. TAC.
2: I I don't do graphics, no.
1: Okay. But I, I want to talk a little bit about this this concept, not necessarily just Second Amendment, but this concept of sanctuary cities, sanctuary states. That, that's that been in the news. I guess that's really kind of been in the news the past few years. I feel like it started with like immigration sanctuary right. cities and states. Um, but let's let's go back and kind of start from the beginning and work our way forward. So for people who have heard that phrase of a sanctuary city, county, state, whatever, what exactly does that mean? Like, what is what is a sanctuary municipality?
2: Yeah, so it actually did start with immigration. So the word that that term evolved because those cities were uh, at least uh, kind of purported to be a sanctuary for uh, undocumented immigrants, uh, so that they would be safe there from or safer at least from immigration officials at the federal level. Uh, so the term has kind of evolved uh, Sanctuary City as is, is kind of a, uh, a local or a state jurisdiction that is doing something uh, to prevent the federal government from enforcing its will. So with the immigration, uh, it's not cooperating with federal immigration authorities doing certain things or not doing certain things to make it more difficult for ICE to uh round up folks that are here illegally i hate the term uh, putting the term illegal on a human being but that's what uh, that's what the right wingers like to call it so
1: now, I know that that's sort of evolved too. so now that terminology has sort of been co-opted to, well, if we're talking about gun rights, then you right. can have a Second Amendment sanctuary or you can right. have a First Amendment sanctuary, you can have a Fourth Amendment sanctuary. And, and, and I don't have any problem with any of that necessarily. I, for, I think one of the things I, I'd like you to speak a minute on before we get into the, the haves and the have-nots of sanctuaries and how to do them is... You know, you you talk about how that term evolved and it was about immigration, Mm -hmm. but it seems like the whole concept of having a local city state government um, being a sanctuary against the feds because they consider something the federal government is doing to be an overreach. Like that's that's right in the wheelhouse, I would think, of the limited government, conservative, constitutionalist, 10th Amendment type person. Am I wrong?
2: Well, it is as long as it's an issue that they don't want the federal government to do. <laughs> so, and it's funny, because, and, and that goes both ways. So you'll see, I'll give you an example. Arizona passed a uh, state bill this past year that will ban uh, enforcement of a good bit of federal gun control within the state. Basically, the way they wrote their bill is pretty cool. Uh, they're not going to enforce any gun laws that aren't, in state law, so if it's a federal law that's not duplicated somehow in Arizona law, they're not going to enforce it. They're only going to enforce state law. Uh, there's a mayor, uh, I think it's, uh, I think she's in Tempe, Arizona, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and she's very upset about this because she's a left winger and she's like, oh, actually, you know, we're going to sue and we're not going to do this and this is horrible. She happened to be a very staunch supporter of making her city an immigration sanctuary city, so it's the same exact action. But in her mind, it's it's unconstitutional if it's applied to guns, but perfectly legitimate if it's applied to uh, immigration. And you'll see right wingers and, and conservatives do the same thing in reverse. They'll be all for you know Arizona having a gun sanctuary, but God forbid uh, you know some city in California uh, refuses to cooperate with ICE. So you know, as with most things, you end up with this uh, this dumb political policy divide instead of being. Uh, you know, kind of more principled on on the action
1: itself. Well, I know we could we could burn up way more time than we have to talk about the 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 partisan hackery involved. Right. But um, so so before we talk about some of the states who are doing it wrong, let's let's talk about maybe if you can give us an example or two of cities or states that that did it right that that did it in in you know their their legislature and they had some kind of balls, if you will. And they actually put teeth into their bills to have a legitimate uh, nullification, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of federal overreach. So who, who did it right?
2: Well, I, Illinois just passed a bill, and I think they're doing it right. They're actually uh, – so an interesting thing in federal law, not to get too deep in the weeds, but uh, the federal government prohibits uh, – or, or it's, it's against federal law to withhold immigration information from the federal government. So like, if I know that uh, you're an illegal immigrant, using air quotes, uh, if I know that and the federal government comes and asks, it's against federal law for me not to tell you. So what they're doing in Illinois is they're just making it illegal for any state or local agency to ask people about their immigration status. So they can't give the federal government information that they don't know. So it's kind of a clever way of actually getting around this this little bit in U.S. code. Uh, there was another state recently, and I it's it's slipping in my mind which state that it was, uh, but they actually specifically are prohibiting. I think it's Illinois. Uh, they're prohibiting state and uh, or prohibiting ICE from entering into contact tr- contracts with uh, state or local governments to use their jails or prison to house people that are being detained simply on immigration violations. Uh, So those contracts can't exist anymore. So they're actually taking practical steps that ban enforcement of a certain federal thing. For Arizona, as I mentioned, they're not going to enforce federal gun control unless it's a state law. So if it's federal law, uh, you know, if they come along and pass an assault rifle ban, there's no assault rifle ban in state law. They're not going to enforce it. So it's actually doing something uh, is what makes it a real sanctuary, a a specifically defined thing. We are not doing X.
1: Now, going back to our graphic from earlier, from the recent uh, Path to Liberty episode, talking about fake second amendment sanctuaries, the six worst states. Now we don't, we don't have to go through every single one of them, but what's, what's an example of a state that at least for the second amendment is doing it wrong and why is it wrong?
2: Oh my gosh, Tennessee is a priming. Oh,
1: fantastic.
2: (laughs) Yes. You're you're welcome. Oh, they passed the stupidest bill. So basically what their sanctuary says is, we're not going to enforce any federal gun control if a court says it's unconstitutional. (laughs) Well, that's exactly the way it works anyway, you know? So so basically they're going to go ask a federal court for permission not to enforce federal gun control. It's, it's, it's just really dumb and it's, it's posturing, uh, and, and it's absurd.
1: That, that seems so weird to me because basically if, if you didn't have that sanctuary bill, right, and you, and there was some federal gun control, which I mean, all gun control is unconstitutional, but if there was some federal overreach and gun control, if you and I got together and we sued the federal government and we won in court and the court said it was unconstitutional, then we don't need to go back to Tennessee and (laughs) debate this. It's over at that point, Right.
2: Exactly. It's, it's just really, you know, again, I'm, I'm almost certain that this is just a way for certain politicians to grandstand. I I know you're shocked that politicians might want to grandstand, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it's just a way to say, Hey, we passed a sanctuary bill here in Tennessee. Well, you did no such thing because it does absolutely nothing. West Virginia is another example that, that did that. They, uh, they created this, so we have this anti-commandeering doctrine. It's a longstanding uh, Supreme Court precedent that holds that a a federal government cannot require a state or a local entity to enforce a federal law or implement a federal program. It's a a very important tool that we can use to push back against federal power. So West Virginia passed a bill and they called it an anti-commandeering bill, but they redefined anti-commandeering. They defined it so that if the federal government actually makes the state and local government enforce federal gun control, then they're not going to do it. Well, well, what? That's not how it works. These police departments enter these agreements voluntarily you know it's not like the the feds come along and, and literally commandeer their their people you know like put a rope around their waist and pull them make them do their thing so well, you know it's 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 these it's this posturing is why we call it fake sanctuaries because they're not actually going to do anything they're either asking for permission or they're creating a definition uh, in such a way that it will never actually happen in practice
1: we're, we're going to try to sneak this in right before the commercial break, Mike. Is there specifically for the sa- Second Amendment sanctuaries, did anyone do it right?
2: Yeah. Uh, Missouri and Arizona are two states that, uh, that I've men- I mentioned. Arizona, uh, Missouri as well, have passed really solid Second Amendment sanctuary bills that actually pr- prohibit specific federal, a- uh, I didn't say that right. They actually prohibit cooperating with the enforcement of specific federal action. So they define what the action is and they say, we are not going to enforce that instead of saying, well, if a court says something or if this happens, say, no, this is black and white. We're not going to enforce X, Y, and Z. So that is an effective sanctuary, actually doing something.
1: On that note, guys, we're going to be take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to badger Mahari into doing a soft episode of sports ball. Be right back after this. if you're enjoying tonight's show consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our patreon that's over at patreon.com slash alan mosley
2: attention armchair quarterbacks and shower thought gms it's time for this week's episode of sports ball with mike Maharing and alan mosley
1: The guy doing that intro sounds really familiar. Yeah, he yeah. does. This is like,
2: uh, this is cool nostalgia.
1: I know, blast from the past. Yeah. Th- this was back when Tampa Bay still sucked. <laughs> but they, they'll always suck in our hearts.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and probably soon once again in reality.
1: Guys, welcome for a quick little episode of Sportsball. I am your host Alan Mosley. Joined as always by my co-host and Tampa Bay sports superfan, which which is less embarrassing than it once was. Yes, Mike Meharry.
2: Yeah, the only thing we have to be embarrassed about now is the uh, antics of our athletes as they uh, break Stanley Cup trophies in boat parades and uh, drunkenly throw Lombardi trophies across the river.
1: You know, I, part of me actually genuinely wishes that the Lombardi would have fallen into the water just to see the cavalcade of people diving into the bay to try to retrieve the trophy. Like, I mean, cause they, they would have, right? Like you would have yeah. seen drunk retards jumping into the water.
2: Well, they actually had a dive team on standby for the Stanley cup parade this, uh, this week.
1: Oh, so, so they, they were ready for it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, on that note, we're gonna we're gonna start off today with the story of Shikari Richardson. Now I know this has already been in the news, but we're gonna, we're gonna cover this because we're getting back to sports ball. U.S. sprinter Richardson banned from Olympic 100 meter after cannabis test. Now that article is actually a little bit old. We do have the update. The only chance she had to be on the team at all was to be a part of the relay, and they actually excluded her from the relay as well. And that was just their own. That was just their their own decision. It wasn't that she had to necessarily be excluded from the relay team as well. They chose to do that. The devil's lettuce strikes again, Mike Meharry, and poor Shikari Richardson has turned to the dark side. On a scale of 1 to 10, how absolutely ridiculous is this story?
2: Oh, this is an 11. First off, in what world is weed a performance-enhancing drug? Like, like... (laughs) I use marijuana medicinally and it doesn't make me want to go run fast. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. Well, even if it makes you feel like you want to, it doesn't mean you can no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't anyway, but yeah. Yeah. It's, well, just a, it's just crazy to me that this is still an issue in 2021.
1: Well, it's, it's what's crazy to me is, is, is I kind of had two thoughts about it is one is there's always that boomer response, right. right. Of, well, she knew what the rules were the rules were you can't smoke dope and she did it so she broke the rules and i like that is such a boomer response and it actually infuriates me that i see other people walks of life like seeing 20 year olds and 30 year olds and 40 year olds saying that line as if as if that's if this this is right this is the right thing to do she shouldn't be in the competition and it and it and it reminds me of uh, so for pe- for students of history, you who understand the racist history of the mm. drug war and that, and, and specifically marijuana, by the way, like, I don't even care if she was, I mean, you know us, if, if you told me she was doing crack cocaine, I'd say she can't afford the better stuff. <laughs> but the, the point being is, is that it's not just that it's not really a PED. The And, 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 and by the way, she has the sob story of, you know, she had had a, I, I believe her mother had passed away right. and, yep. and she was, and, and, and that's sad, but she doesn't have to explain anything to me. She doesn't no. have to explain anything to anybody. That's, that's the, that's the beauty of individual liberties. You don't owe anyone a goddamn explanation. Right. Um, but the point being is, is that as, as you already put it, that here we are in current year and, and it's, it's, you can Google in five minutes and have readily at your fingertips, the racist histories of, of the war on drugs, uh, and specifically marijuana. And yet things like this are still happening today. um, and i and I want to just make one other point and I'll turn it over to you on this because i because I know you you've you've been an athlete you've played competitive sports does it not stick in your crawl when you're you were a hockey player when you're on the ice if you knew that the best team wasn't on the ice say say you finished second in a tournament and it's but it's because the team that would have finished second was excluded because they smoked pot does it not eat at you in the back of your mind that we don't belong here because the best team didn't, didn't get to compete. If you're one of the sprinters, if you win the gold medal knowing that she could finish the 100 meters half a second faster than you, you, have, you know that though, right? Like it sticks in your brain.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If you are really a, a high-level competitive, and I, I was never a high-level competitive athlete, let's be honest here, but I'm very competitive. And yeah, I want to face off against the best, I want to put sure. myself against the best. You know, Even if it's beer league hockey, uh, I I get jacked up for the game against the team that's in first place. I don't want them to be disqualified in the playoffs for some dumb reason. And then, you know, for some miracle, our team actually wins a couple of games and uh, wins the championship, but the best team isn't. No, I, I, there is. There's something. If you're a real competitive athlete, there's something in that that just sticks in your head and you're like – yeah, it's it's just not quite legitimate if that makes sense.
1: No, I I it makes sense completely. Uh speaking of getting jacked up for the team in first place, how about team <laughs> Nigeria knocking off team yeah. USA men's basketball in a, now, admittedly, it was just a scrimmage, and I know that all of the umrah the nationalistic types who are chanting USA, USA, they're out there right now all over Twitter saying it was just a scrimmage. Why are you celebrating? I'll tell you why they're celebrating, and, and it goes right back to the same point you just made. If I was on Team Nigeria and, and, we, were, and we were a 60-point underdog and we just beat Team USA, I don't care if it was in a game of horse. We just beat them stuck on that. That's Am right. I wrong?
2: That's right. And, and from the other standpoint, you know, uh, when I was playing at USF and you know, playing college hockey, we scrimmaged a high school team. We weren't going to let that high school team beat us. We would have been embarrassed and outraged if a high school team had beat us. That's just not supposed to happen. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big yikes.
1: Now, speaking of Team USA, so now that they're—by the way, they're not just reeling from this scrimmage lost to Nigeria. They immediately lost another scrimmage to Team Australia. No, it's now, admittedly, now admittedly, Australia is a team that's actually cons- considered to be a competitive team right. to medal, if not even the gold in this in the Tokyo Olympics. So that's not as bad of a loss, if you will, as the loss to Nigeria. But the point still stands that this is this is the dream team right this is the team loaded with professional players and i know a lot of teams have a lot of nba players nowadays but they're loaded with professional players and they've lost back-to-back scrimmages so i've got a two-part question for you part one is and this will kind of be like our week's pick-up part one is Hmm. do you think team usa is going to have a good showing in the olympics or is this the harbinger that the team's not really there and then i'll and i'll go ahead and, and preview you part two does anyone care about the Olympics at all this year?
2: <laughs> uh, well, I answered the first questions. I answered the last question first. I, I don't know that there's that much excitement. I mean, they're trying to pump it up. But, you know, they, they've already announced that they're not going to have fans. And I yes. just I, – I, I don't like watching these sporting events without fans. It yep. it, it's like watching a dungeon. So I don't know if you're – I don't know if <clears> there's <throat> the interest there. Uh, as far as Team USA goes, my gut is – that this is probably the team that you're going to get, and uh, I, I would not, I would not be surprised by a poor performance when you get into the uh, actual tournament. The, uh, that the, just doesn't bode well to me. I could be wrong, obviously, but I, 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 yeah, I think that's, I think this might be what you get.
1: I I tend to agree, Mike, and and I'll tell you, you see all these excuses flying around of, you know, Team USA got throttled in the most recent worlds leading up to this this Summer Olympics. Right. Um, And you get all the excuses of, well, our guys, these are guys that haven't regularly played together. A lot of the other national teams spend months, if not years, practicing for the games, yada, yada, yada. However, it's always been that way, right? Right, right. Like like when in in 9 you know 92 96 2000 whatever those teams that it was exactly the same way for them right as as it is right now in terms of they're coming they the, i mean right of course the NBA seasons technically still being played right now but teams that are eliminated their their seasons just ended um you know some of them maybe they don't have the freshest of legs maybe some of them are coming off of injury you have some of your high profile players deciding well maybe I've played for team USA before I don't feel like doing it again i mean it's it's definitely a risk physically to their well being as well as um basically dedicating what would be their off season to more basketball i understand all that but that's always been that way and i'm really off put by all the excuses
2: yep i hate excuses excuses suck
1: be better. Be better. So speaking speaking of being better, it's time for us to get our solemn faces on. It's time for In Memoriam, where we remember a player, a team, a coach, whoever, whose <laughs> sporting life was cut tragically short. Mike Meharry, uh, this week, we're remembering McGee, Conor yep. McGregor. Ooh. Conor McGregor, who just fought the trilogy bout, part three of his three fights with Dustin Poirier. Uh, It was a non-title fight, but it was the main event of UFC 264. It ended in the first round after a doctor's stoppage because, uh, I'm sorry if you're faint of heart, look away. Yikes.
2: I don't think your foot's supposed to do that.
1: It's not supposed to do that, but I do want to point out, by the way, Uh, Two of the three judges' scorecards had him losing 10-8 that round. So he didn't lose this fight because of an unlucky break. He lost this fight because he was getting his ass beat. Mm -hmm. Take that, McGregor fans. I want to turn this really quickly over to you. McGregor, as you may very well know, is not exactly the most humble in defeat. (laughs) And, And with this very fight, leading up to the fight, he was making some pretty serious threats to Dustin Poirier. And laying on the mat with his legs shattered, he was literally screaming death threats publicly for the whole world to hear for Poirier, his wife, and his infant daughter. Not to be outdone, he's gone on and tweeted tweets that have since been deleted saying implying that he was going to have Poye and his infant daughter murdered. Is there anybody else other than a superstar athlete who just so happens to make the organization a lot of money that could get away with those types of antics?
2: Yeah, it's really interesting contrasting that with our dear sprinter who was smoking a little wee-wee.
1: Yeah, mm. they, ex- exactly right. Um, I want to say this before we, we move on to the to the end of the segment here. Uh, Dustin Poirier, one, some of the things that Conor McGregor said that were a little bit less lethal to Poirier right. is, because Dustin Poirier is from southern Louisiana. He was a blue-collar guy growing up. Uh, nowadays, he's a fighter. He does a lot of charity work, and he mm-hmm. makes a hot sauce. This, that's the kind of guy Dustin Poirier is. Right. Um, but the point being is, is that McGregor, Treated him as if he was stupid, called him a redneck, called him a hillbilly, called him uneducated, and literally standing there in the ring with McGregor laying on the mat, beaten to a pulp with his leg broken, still shouting obscenities at Poirier while he was getting ready to do his post-fight interview with Joe Rogan.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Boy, of course, he said two things to him. One of of them was, shut your bitch ass up, which... I mean, right. who can't, who can't appreciate that? Mm-hmm. But the second thing he said to him was amazing. And, and to preface that uh, people just have to understand uh, McGregor said a lot of dirty stuff to him. I'm sure McGregor told him he was going to be leaving the octagon on a stretcher, which of Ooh. course was ironic because mm-hmm. McGregor left the octagon a stretcher. And after all of that vileness and hatred was spewed out, Dustin Poirier said this, tell me if this is not the type of line that writes your name into legend. He said, karma's not a bitch. Karma is a mirror.
2: That is awesome.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good, and it's true. Yes, it is. It is very true. It's it. It, it reminds me of the old. Uh, what, what was the old? It, it was Jerry Rice, wasn't it? The one that said, "Talking about after you score a touchdown, act like you've been there before."
2: Uh, it might have been. Might have been Barry Sanders. It's,
1: it's 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 just interesting that there's always going to be kind of this dynamic between. The, the diva superstar, which mm-hmm. Conor McGregor, as far as having divas in the in, in mixed martial arts world is concerned, he absolutely would be one, versus kind of the lunch pail, you know, work ethic type superstar. Right. That they're no less a superstar. If you look at the records, you look at the history books. I don't think anyone would claim that Jerry Rice, I mean, most people have him as the greatest wide receiver of all time, yep. but he never had the type of antics of, say, Michael Irvin. Right. Randy, Randy Moss. Terrell Owens. Terrell, yeah, exactly right. Um, it, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, like this is not some sort of like soft hiding of racism to say, oh, well, you know, I don't like divas. They're lesser than us. I understand that there's different ways of going about it. Sure. But but it just it still it still just stands to reason that there are some unbelievably successful and talented people out there in the entire sports world who never once succumb to to their ego being turned up to an 11 from their money and their fame and their success. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't imagine you being a father, an uncle, a brother, whatever, and wanting to be that kind of influence for for the next generation. Mike, do you have a final thought?
2: Yeah, I've got a final story for you. Just looking at that uh, picture of uh, McGregor's ankle. Very painful, yeah. right? Well, I was having yeah. a discussion the other day with uh, with some folks about toughest athletes. I was talking about mm-hmm. hockey players. You know, I'm biased. But I was talking about, uh, you know, a number of the injuries that uh, Lightning players played through in the playoffs. Uh, one of them was Alex Kalorn, who actually had his ankle bust, busted by a uh, slap shot. Uh, he mm-hmm. had surgery on a Monday on it. It actually broke his uh, fibula in half. He had surgery and had a rod inserted in it on Thursday. He was skating on Saturday on his broken leg. Hockey players are tough, but I've got one. I got one upped by a rugby player. Uh There was a rugby player that in the middle of one of these scrums had his scrotum torn open, went to the (laughs) sidelines, had his scrotum sewn back up, and went back into the game. That is my final thought.
1: (laughs) No. No. Why have you done this to me? I still have to do the rest of the show. God, Good man. Well, thanks a lot, I guess. Jesus. <laughs> Mike, where can people go to support TAC, you, God Archie, everything?
2: Uh, go to 10thAmendmentCenter.com to support the TAC. If you do that, you can get a new ebook that uh, was just released that I wrote called the Constitution versus the National Bank. There might be the National Bank versus the Constitution, one way or the other. Uh, You can get that for free if you join up at tax. So go to 10thamendmentcenter.com. If you want to listen to Christian Gotti's stuff, you can go to godarchy.org. And um, yeah, that's the the best two places to find me.
1: All right, guys, we're going to be right back to wrap up the show right after this break. Don't go away. Hi guys, it's Alan here, and I want to take a moment to let you know about one of our supporters who started a new business. Laura Moreau sells 50 different health and wellness all-natural products, from weight loss, supplements, energy enhancers, body toning, longer and stronger hair, and so much more. Do you like coffee? Well, they even have coffee that'll help you drop some pounds. And who doesn't want to drop a few pounds? Go check her out at our online store at lauramoreau.itworks.com today. That's lauramoreau.itworks.com. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Also, don't forget we're on Odyssey. Don't just complain about your free speech. Go out and support a free speech platform. That is at Odyssey.com at Alan Mosley TV or just search It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. As well as if you like to listen rather than watch, we're on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Thanks to Anchor.fm. That's Anchor.fm, Alan Mosley TV. Sherry, do you have a final thought?
0: Uh, yeah. Don't bother Stalin.
1: Just don't do it. Just don't, <laughs> don't bother him. just a good Just just let that good man lie. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much, and we will see you next week.